The following episode is brought to you by the generous donations of Laura Pickren, Daryl Delaney, Darren Katzka, Devious Pop-Tart, Irene Viarito, Ryan Royce, Andy Dossett, Danielle Bramhall-Smith, Elizabeth Clark, Eric Whitman, Jessica Smith, Charles Compton, Natasha Rallerson, Richard Cree, The Cam Family, David Scrams, Dustin Troop, Edvarth Arnoff, Michael Clark, Rebecca Gauman, and Shelby Johnson, as well as all of our generous patrons. D20 Radio, your gamers roll. everyone, and welcome to Eberron Renewed, an actual play tabletop RPG podcast using the Genesis game system set in the Eberron campaign setting. I'm Jeff. I'm Philip. I'm Randy. And I'm Eric. And as you can hear, uh, well, two things. One, Trevor won't be uh, joining us for this review, unfortunately. And second, I just spoiled it there. This is a review. The fact that I'm uh, opening the episode, I'll let you know that. We have finished a... A short arc. I think this is the first time we've done a review after three episodes for this whole campaign. Um, but since Trevor was not able to be with us for the last record, we certainly didn't want to uh, rob you guys of his presence for more than a few episodes. So l- let's talk about it. So, uh, Eric, how quickly did you come up with Here's Why Trevor Can't Be Here? I can't recall. Like, did you scrap a plan or had you not thought of anything yet? Was there enough lead time to. I would know. I was able to just kind of take the fact that Trevor wasn't going to be able to join us and Reynard would be absent and incorporate it into the the leverage for the sure. job. Um, so I just kind of took that and incorporated it into the already existing plan. Right. So, so kind of, there was always going to be a carrot and stick and it was just as easy to make it Reynard's freedom yeah. make sense to me. So we are met. The, 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 the crew is at the four sales. To meet with Vigo and uh, a gentleman named Salman Calloway. Comes One in. point about that. Yeah, I, please. I just, just for anybody curious, I did get Trevor's permission before declaring that Reynard had been captured <laughs> and uh, taken into uh, Calloway's custody. So that was with Trevor's blessing. I didn't just uh, take the take the reins of his character and do something crazy I, without him knowing about it, at least. So I'm sure many DMs would have considered that an unnecessary courtesy. So that is pretty cool, Eric. Yes. Um, Salman Calloway comes in. And uh, we had a lot of fun with Eric the, with the fact that he had to hastily come up with a thing uh, when he was like, yeah, I need you to steal this. I was like, oh, so you kidnapped our thief so we could steal this thing. Um, not his fault. I would, uh, um, but yeah, so he comes in and he tells us essentially that we have been too meddlesome for too long and now we owe him, which we spent a lot of time trying to disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> didn't quite work out um so he starts telling us about the things vigo comes in and eris's favorite part of the arc happens mm-hmm. where uh, so eric you have decided now that there here's what i know the whole reason that we have not yet killed vigo is because of repercussions so salman must be 
a real big bad fella if he's fully unconcerned with any repercussions because he knows who Vigo is, right? Um, he he probably yeah is aware of who Vigo is, but Vigo is, I mean, Callaway considers himself on uh, Satan's level, not Vigo's, and so, um, yeah, um, that was his mentality in that. But uh, yeah, he is not concerned with repercussions from the Boar Mark Clan at this point. Gotcha. Uh, I, 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 I will say this. All three of you are welcome to jump in uh, with this recap thing. Because um, I I, I, I kind of feel like I wasn't as involved in this arc. Uh, so <laughs> like I just kind of waited to hit things in the third act. So, <laughs> uh, so I'm happy to uh, to let you guys take, take a bigger lead. But... Um, so we, we get the job, and the job is essentially that we have to steal some kyber shards that are not not while they are en route. That was what we chose to do. But there are kyber shards that are going to be moved from point A to point B. We're supposed to get them before they make it to point B by whatever means necessary and take them to point C, which is a different place. Uh, correct? It'd be, be a dope name for a YouTube show. <laughs> What's that? Kyber shards. I know. I'm just <laughs> you punk. You know that 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 ongoing joke where I pretend not to know this thing that you're doing, <laughs> which I think might actually just be a thing I do. I, I don't think I do that much publicly. I think that's just to mess with you guys in our personal yeah, lives. Uh, so maybe. Anyway, uh, yes, Kyber shards would be a great name for a YouTube show, but it takes more than a name to get my interest. I don't know what to tell. <laughs> Oh, man. You guys should watch Kyber Shards if you're not. It really is very good. I'm actually behind by like two episodes. I need maybe three. Anyway. um, Stealing a shipment. Yeah, we're stealing. Sorry, I was reading questions. We're stealing a shipment. We um, decide to do it en route. And I'll be honest, solely because I thought it'd make for better radio. It was right? be- we decided between episodes, like we were kind of leaning, mm-hmm. leaning towards the the sensible thing, and then between episodes we talked about it, and we're like, no, it's going to be awesome if we try to fast and the furious this thing. Okay, good. I'm I, I, I'm glad that I wasn't the only one that was not being tactical, was being a flight of fancy. Um, yeah. So, I'd love to hear more from. Eric, um, about the Boromar special laboratory <laughs> slash workshop <laughs> thing that they have. Like, I was not expecting for them to have like a uh, uh, outfit funded R and D uh, operation, but that was pretty dope. They're they're growing. Uh, the the clan has, uh, you know, there there are things happening in the city that necessitate Boromar keeping up in certain regards. And so that's kind of, uh, I don't think I did a great job of fully communicating that like, this is a new, uh, a kind of new thing that, yeah. yeah, none, none of you were aware that this existed and that's kind of wild. Um, and so, cause obviously like nobody representing the, uh, the R and D wing of the Boromar clan was present at that party that you all went to. Like, right. um, and so, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's an expansion, and I wanted to I wanted to kind of have, um, yeah, ha, have something that 
would be intriguing to all of you to have like this new curtain pulled back as a, a function of the clan, especially for Eris being interested in like developing a uh, a space to work on things and, and do projects uh, showing that perhaps there are some resources that she could look to within the clan. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I should have done a better job of communicating that this is a progression for the clan and not the way it's always been, but okay. That's interesting. How close are we to Eris asking for a transfer? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's a, um, it, if I, I mean, now knowing that it's a brand new thing, Eris might be offended that she wasn't asked and is not, would, would not ask to be transferred if they don't recognize talent and it's right in their stupid casino. Yeah. Wasting her time on their slot machines. Then right. frack them. There's, there's recognizing talent and there's un, not being aware of the existence of a person. I, I feel like <laughs> might have been the real issue. It's like how um, I've been un, undrafted every year. I don't think it's because I'm not talented. It's because I don't think they know I'm alive. I mean, you could also argue that Eris might be the definition of hard to work with. <laughs> she's, I, I, she's not quite manager material yet uh, in terms of her people skills. Um, <laughs> or desired by any manager. Yeah, yes. As um, a subordinate. I think that's um, endemic to D&D characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you wouldn't a be an adventurer. You wouldn't be an adventurer if you could, you know, cut yeah. it in a in a in a normal job. Right. Or one day I just decided to leave the nine to five and strike out <laughs> just murdering goblins. <laughs> Which we do in the next episode. Yes. Um uh so it, it's it's in this space that we I mean we make some big moves in in insofar as uh abilities, items, things like that. Um Hobbs glowing uh tattoos now that Eris made for him. That mm -hmm. it was a it was huge. It it was a permanent upgrade to two skills. Yeah. That is dope. Not I nothing. think I think it put me to did it put me four yellow in brawl? I think it might have. Uh just something ridiculous. So um and then what did you make for yourself remind me uh i don't think you made it okay. in that scene but we started talking about it was something you used xp for that we started talking about during that scene or am i crazy oh. uh i'm kind of forgetting let me see if I'm... i know you boosted tasha's engine but that was yeah yeah we did yeah, a bunch that... of work on tasha yeah that was that was down there yeah tasha goes so fast now yeah tasha's awesome um... tasha's a race car a racing boat. The 10-second car. Is this when I fixed my gauntlet? Or have I already done that? Because I re-enchanted my gauntlet to replace my... It could have been that. It could have just been that you re-enchanted yeah. it and I'm conflating it with a new thing or just the okay. re-energizing of an ability. Um, and then Hob... That's when we found out that Hob took uh, Sunder... Um, or almost took Sunder, which basically was, and I think, I, yeah, I did, I did it. Which basically like, hey, if it's not a human and you want to destroy it, you can just straight up destroy this thing if the role is right, is what Sunder says, essentially. <laughs> I think it's I have to upgrade the difficulty 
and it might just be upgrade the difficulty. Um, and if I get three advantage or better, I can blow it. But I can also, by upgrading the difficulty, double my advantage now after everything else is done. So I'm going to be destroying so many things. Hob smash is going to be all over the place. Uh, but, you know, I do want to back up just a, a little bit. I want to, I want to talk to Randy about a thing that, yes, go ahead, Philip. I'm sorry. I just realized what you were talking about. Yeah. Eris was going to make something, but then, um, ended up instead using the time on Tasha's engine refit, uh, and Hobbs tattoo. And then there was not yes. time left to do more stuff. Yes. Eris, Eris, uh, had a, had a, uh, not out so of character, with moment of selflessness. Sharks. But yes, yeah, she did walk through some dragon sharks. Uh, I do. I, I, I want to back up. I meant to bring this up at the very beginning, and I just totally forgot. At the very beginning, Eric asked us, you know, how our characters are doing, what our characters have been up to. Randy, please explain what is going on with Milo physically. I really want to get a good picture of what <laughs> is going on. Like, what does he look like right now? Um, I mean, he looks like he always looks i mean there's no really any crazy changes other than the scar on his head it's just i it initially just if i if i did this correctly hopefully people could tell through the course of our playing that it was just first just a little bit of black wispiness coming out and then as he progressed on, it, it got a little more pronounced. And now it's almost, I think, just continuous, continuously going on. There's always black stuff coming out of his head. Like, like he looks like a smoldering fire? I, that could be. That would might be a good way to put it, coming out of, the, out of that scar on his head, yes. It's a noticeable difference. Whereas when it first started, eh, you know, it was occasionally you may or may not notice it. Then it became a little more noticeable. Now it's definitely there. And it, I, and I did that because of the uh, talent that I took. It's as you progress, that's what happens as, I guess, part of that talent. I have made a note because... And when we record our next session, uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to this, the day it drops, uh, it, yeah. it would be wild if none of the other members of the party mentioned the fact that you've got a smokestack forehead. Now. By the way, listeners, if you want, when Randy was describing it, he was kind of uh, gesturing to the right side of his forehead up in the hairline. So if, if you want an idea of where yeah. Randy pictures, my, it's like in the hairline and vertical coming down towards the eye. Is that right? But not Yeah, it's all, probably far. just it's. Yeah, like a, however it would look if a beam of wood hit it. So it could be fairly straight. Hmm. Okay. You know, like the edge of a beam, just boom. I noticed, but no one ever asked me about the cool things that are going on with me. So I just didn't ask. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Fair enough. I guess Hobbs going to just have a real interview session to make sure everybody feels adequately interrogated about their peccadillos uh, next. Uh, you know what? Let's just do an ever on reduced where Hobbs just sits everyone down. All right. Team meeting. Yeah. How are we all doing? You, the head, you, the hand, you, where were you? 
<laughs> you let yourself get kidnapped, you dingus. Um, he was probably just invited to dinner. Like, likely so. <laughs> likely Entirely so. possible. Wait, we, I was kidnapped. We, we, we have established that like his his one friend from his old life that he still spends time with works directly for Callaway. So his friend could have been like, "Hey, come have a drink," and that was the extent of the kidnapping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it is possible he never had any idea. That he was yeah. actually in danger. Like, he could have been at a party. Because it took us a couple, what, a day, max? Yeah. 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 Anyway. Somebody demands, check your weapons at the door. He gives his dagger over, and then Calloway's like, ha I have him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just standard. Most places I well, go. I want I, now. <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose yeah, It's we, wild the number of places Eris can walk into with the Fletcher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Eric, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you right now. Will you give Trevor carte blanche to describe his kidnapping experience on our next episode? Uh, not carte blanche. Not carte blanche. We, do have a, we do have a family friendly show going here. Uh, okay. So. Okay. Fair enough. Within that stricture, uh, <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. What? <laughs> what happened, Trevor? Okay. Let me start. <laughs> you guys will not believe this. Um. Sorry. Uh, so yeah. So we get things ready to go. Decide we're going to. Uh, decide we're going to um, take it en route because we think that'd be more fun. We've got different. I mean, a lot of this. I was saying to Philip and, and Eric before we got started, before Randy joined us as well, that this was going to be a relatively short episode because what do you talk about when everything goes the way you wanted it to? Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what happened here. Like they'd already cleared out the cops. We were able to get Satan to clear out other cops. Uh, the roles worked, by and large. Um, so we have to just talk about... We have to talk about how clever we were. And boy, is there nothing I hate more than being like, let's talk about how... <laughs> oh, the cleverness of me. Yeah. But I do, Randy, the way we ended the second episode and began the third was with, with Milo's big uh, gambit of a spell to try to terrify... Um, and it worked. So what is that spell? It, it, it's, I mean, it's akin to, uh, oh, what's the D&D spell that's like that? Um, fear? It, does, that ma- fear does that manifest like that? A, a thing? Isn't there one where you... Oh, uh, like phantasmal it, terror or something like that. I think it was, the thing I'm thinking of is actually a, a disguised self sort of thing, but with a fear uh. component that changelings can do. Maybe, but I but we left that off of Dex's build, I think, because it was very. It, um, it fright frightening visage is that. That's it, frightening visage. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Or visage, if you want to get French with it, absolutely. Um, that is the one. I want to cast but, frightening dressage and just make my horse dance scarily. <laughs> that's right. Your horse just starts doing thriller. <laughs> See, clever, like we, like, yeah. we talked about. Oh boy! And incorporating a visual component into our audio show, so you know, just <laughs> taking all the greatest hits in this episode. Anyway, Randy, uh, the that was a that was a, was it a twelve dice roll for that one? Just because the spell required so much upgrading, and we flipped some story no, points and things like that. But. Not, I don't know. It's it's not a spell. It's the, oh, okay. it's that it's that talent. Which I can't think of what it's called. Eric, do you know in, what off the top? Ensorcel Supreme. Ensorcel Supreme is what okay. it is. It was a which, is why, the... which is why I had it coming out of his, you know, coming out of his head. 
basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, essentially, we just wrecked shop on some really low-level dorks, except for that. Was it a Minotaur or yeah, Minotaur? Minotaur, yes. Uh, with the exception of him, 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 who seemed. Him. Uh, that's when you when you want to say he, but you end up saying him, and you're actually not sure which one's grammatically correct. Um, <laughs> so you just split the difference. Yeah, and I'm still not, and I'm not going to try and find out. Uh, but with the with with the exception of him, uh, they were I mean they were nothing. They were minion groups, right? Three minion groups. Yeah. And I mean I, I don't know what else to say about about it. We we killed some of them, and we wrecked the boat, and it went really well. And again, Randy came through with a great idea, and disguised the mm-hmm. ship, the the shipment cart to look like just a busted up old skiff and then we just gave an unbelievably hard time to uh the person who was there to receive it yep a hypocritically hard time like yeah. if we're shooting straight <laughs> how do do you know the terrible things the person you're working for does and we're like by the way please send the check to Satan Boromar <laughs> <laughs> or to to care of Satan Borg. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's I mean unearned confidence and unearned um what's a single word noun for a holier than thou? Piety? not piety, what's the Righteousness? Self righteousness. Self righteousness, sure. Uh is a hallmark of our group, I think. Yes. So <laughs> um that was pretty much. I mean, that was that's the arc. That's what happened. That's we the got arc, yeah. and we got Reynard back. Um, the I will Reynard's say this party wrapped up and he decided to come home. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say I, I I do like when we get concerned with with the imagery of battle. I don't think we do it a lot, but it's a lot of fun when we really start talking about how it looks when we do a thing. And what, mm-hmm. uh, Philip is more consistent at it than I am for sure. And Randy with Milo's new wildness certainly uh, brings it up a lot, but it's just a lot of fun when we really paint pictures. And I think that this sky battle more so than a lot of the fights we've had this campaign. Um, this, we have this a lot is one of fun. my favorite encounters we've had. This is probably my favorite encounter from, of the campaign so far. Uh, what, why, what, what is it about it that it was extremely dynamic? It was, I mean, <clears throat> we had a very, we had a very simple plan, like mm-hmm. plan suggested itself very quickly. It was, we're just going to, we're just going to steal the thing and, and tow it away. Like that's, and so it wasn't, we didn't go down the, the algorithm of, well, if they do this, then we'll do that. And if we do this, we'll do that. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da, da, da. It wasn't, it wasn't over, over planned or over orchestrated. We had a, a very straightforward plan. We had time to do a bunch of cool upgrades um, to get ready for it and not just that it worked, but it was an extremely fun, a dynamic encounter where all of the players had just really cool moments. It was one where it wasn't one of us was spotlighted more than the others. Mm-hmm. We got cool magic from Milo. Um, we got cool driving from Eris. We got a cool, top of a trailer fist fight with Hob. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I thought it was, it was just a really well, well done encounter all around. And it was a lot of fun to play. 
Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. really like it when the action takes over. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. I, I, I do. I, I like that you said, you know, we didn't spend a lot of time concerning ourselves with the chess game. Mm-hmm. But I also, one of the things I do like, and this kind of touches on a question for later. One of the things I do like about Genesis is that it basically explicitly says metagame. Yeah. You're, you're at the top of each round. It is your job as players to decide what order you're going to go in and how you want each person mm-hmm. to act. Yeah. Which, if you're in a D&D combat with a group that's really well-tuned to each other and in the swing of things, you can come up with, you can get some really cool things to happen without doing sure. it. But man, when you can really just say, all right, here's the order of events that we want to happen. So let's plan on that. And then as things mm-hmm. fall apart, have to improvise. But if things go well, we've orchestrated this awesome four-step move. And yeah, I think, there, I think, I, I understand that might not be for everybody, but I find that a very satisfying part of the game. Well, uh, and I think this kind of encounter is one that Genesis does very well because the the dice really do allow us to um, to paint the scene as it goes much in, in a much more fluid way. Uh, the you know the final conclusion where the the chase car smashes into the car um, was just a, a result of a series of, advantage and despair. I mean, Harris blows out the engine and they roll really badly. And so it's, you know, um, Mm -hmm. it, it didn't require, I want this to happen. So Eric comes up with, you know, I want this absurd thing to happen. So Eric comes up with a ridiculously high DC, right? Which he would have to, to make it possible for us to have achieved some of the things that we achieved. I like that it happens as it's, it's much harder for us to say, well, I thought of this cool thing, but Eric said set the DC so high that it was impossible mm-hmm. to do, or something like that. It's impossible for us yeah. to have that in our minds, because it's okay. I stated the thing that I wanted to do. Eric said a difficulty. I did that thing plus, or yeah. but yeah, um, also this, and then we paint that into the scene. Yeah, I mean, and, and sometimes it's really hard. Like you get a triumph on that perception check in the first round of the episode you get a triumph on that perception check to notice that that eris is upset and it's like what yeah right but this kind of encounter there's so many moving things going on that it's very very easy to come up with something better than i don't know i just pass a boost right uh because we're in we're flying at high speed through the city so there's just so many things the the chase in the first episode the escape or the not the first. Well, yeah, there was a chase. First, the first arc, one, but the, yeah. the second arc, the with, one with the box, is what with, I was thinking. Oh, okay. Of. Yeah, with the cargo yeah. nets um, and the yeah, all of that like, stuff happening. Yeah. The same same great example is Genesis handles, um, fast paced, mm-hmm. very well, and and I I like that anytime we get those encounters because it really lets this system do what this system is good at. Mm-hmm. Well, and one um, thing that you kind of touched on, Philip, with like in in D anD D setting a ridiculously high DC and then like. If you can roll a 30, then sure. sure. Um, one thing that I also really like about Genesis is it, like, as the GM, I literally can't, like, I can only put five purple die in yeah. a pool, and all of those could come up blank. Like, the DC could literally be zero for a check mm-hmm. that I intend to be very difficult, mm-hmm. in essence. Um, well, and that's I agree what makes you. That, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I agree with you that it, it just lends itself so well to. Con- 
manifesting and controlling the chaos simultaneously. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think this uh, encounter was very emblematic of that. Yeah. Well, I think, and that's, that's one way that I think the talents are more, have more facility to them than feats in D and D do. Um, mm -hmm. Because if a, if a GM, and again, we're, we're very lucky. Eric would, I, I like to think that if I took a feat, Eric wouldn't, like always said a DC impossibly high, you know, like, we'd be like mm -hmm. no, that's way too hard. That's like a DC 50. Whereas yeah. with this one, it's like, if Eric thinks, well, that person wouldn't just walk away because you threatened them. We're like, well, this right here says they do. They would and they could and they do. Uh, it's a yeah. talent you gave me, my man. Like you put it on the sheet. <laughs> so I, I really like that about the, uh, in, in Genesis talents over feats. And we're going to really encroach on that question if we keep talking. So, uh, do we want to just get to questions, or Let's do any questions. of you guys have yeah, more sure. you'd like to talk about? Okay, cool. Um, not a ton for this one, which is totally fine. We shall begin where we do in the Q&A tier. Um, and I believe... Doo -doo -doo, yep, lots of Kyber Shards questions, which is super dope. Uh, Kyber Shards is a good show that everyone should watch. I guess I'm going to have to explicitly say that I do watch it and like it now for a while. Um <laughs> Shelby has a question. He asks, um, in both campaign one and two, Philip's characters have had romantic relationships, but the others haven't. Uh, is this just an avenue Philip enjoys role-playing and the others don't, or have the others expressed disinterest in such avenues for their characters? Now, I want to ask, first off, uh, I don't think Shelby is misguided to think this at all, but have we explicitly stated that Olive and Eris are in a romantic... I assume he's thinking of Olive. I assume so as well, and yeah. I... No, we have not stated that. And I don't think Eris is in a romantic relationship yet because I don't think I don't think Eris is the kind of person you want a romantic relationship with yet. <laughs> um Eris I mean, my thought on if you know if you ask the question, what's Eris's deal? Um Eris had the part of her life where you start to figure that out torn away. Uh mm -hmm. And so Eris's whole thing, when I started Eris's whole flaw was like flightiness, like she was going to cut and run. And one of the ways that I got her past that, because it's obviously a dangerous flaw to put in a group game. Um, uh, and, and Eric was very nice to tolerate it. Um, was realizing that Eris is also not at all equipped to manage herself on her own. Like Eris has never been on her own, um, either either willingly or not. So what Eris's whole deal is her, I can't remember which one it is, ideal or something. Um, the thing she wants more than anything else is felt safety. Uh, and there are a very small number of people who give her that. Um, Hob, uh, I think Olfen, although we haven't had a lot of interactions with Olfen, but I imagine Olfen to be one. Um, to a lesser extent than Hob, the rest of the gang, but yes, them, most of them, uh, certainly at least Milo and, and Reynard also to a lesser extent, Kath and Sana probably more than Sigil simply because it is hard to get close to them so far. Um, and so Olive is someone she feels safe with and all of Eris's interactions with people that she feels safe with, with the, singular exception of Hob, are entirely shy and awkward because she's absolutely terrified she's going to break it 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that certainly comes, I see exactly where you're reading, reading, um, a- attraction in. I think that that makes sense. And that kind of emotion certainly can lead to and blend with and merge into, um, attraction. Uh, Olive is by far the best possible person Eris could hope to have as a partner of, <laughs> that's shown up in the campaign so far. Um, it, especially in that Olive, I think more than Norson's a provider, else. you know. Um. Mm. Boy, um, <laughs> what's his what's it what's his life insurance policy look like? Um, more than anyone in the episode. Or in the episode, more than anyone in the in the campaign so far, Olive gets Eris. Uh, Olive can understand Eris when Eris just goes on a rant, um, and so that's that's a very strong bond. But I don't think I don't think Eris has got herself figured out enough yet to describe what she feels in in a romantic or sexual sense. Um, okay. So I don't think I don't think Eris is self-aware enough yet to to say that it is explicitly to say that it is necessarily a romantic relationship. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I will say I, I certainly caught those. I wonder well, if I, that would be a reveal down the road. Like the way that Eris Eris defers to all of the way that Eris talks to all of, especially mm-hmm. more so in the beginning, felt like yeah. a, if you listen to the first few scenes with all of and you listen to this last one where they're talking about finding a place to 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 make a, a a lab or workshop or whatever, it sounds like it goes from nervous crush to like equal um, romantic respect. Honestly, just if yeah, you, no, if, I, you, if, I, if you bridge I, it with that crush thing. So I, and I know I don't not, disagree, and I'm not. Uh, and I, yeah, I don't disagree, and I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that's not there. I'm saying, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think they're dating. Right. Neither um, of them would say they're together. Right. right. And an heiress, heiress would be confused why you asked. Okay. I'm not confused why you asked. <laughs> I understand exactly why you, why you asked. Eris would be, heiress would go, what are you talking about? Um, because I, I think that's an aspect of human interaction that heiress, heiress missed all the, uh, the, the part of your life where you start to figure that out, where you get to watch other people figure that out as, and, and, learn from that. I mean, Eris, Eris doesn't understand that side of herself or that side of humanity. I think, mm-hmm. um, really, I think Eris doesn't understand a lot of the emotive side of humanity. If we take the, for example, funeral as a, as a scene for, to, sure. to identify Eris's capability to, to emote safely. <laughs> um, um, so no, I, I totally see it. And, and yes, there's probably uh, crush is probably not an inaccurate way to describe it, but Eris couldn't describe it. Um, is that something you enjoy role playing as a player? Though, is a an ex- extra crew relationship? I tend I, t- I tend to enjoy um, exploring. Just I I get deep inside my characters' heads. It's just in, inherent in the way that I play my characters. Uh, and so it's it's obviously something I, I think about um, as the character develops. I, I like building relationships between the player characters and the NPCs. I've really enjoyed having not exactly more opportunities, but 
we've spent more time doing it in this campaign. It's not that we had fewer opportunities in the last one. We were just kind of jerks. Um, <laughs> yeah, like we, <laughs> we were bad at it. I would have. I question anybody who wanted to be in a relationship with any of the a holes from the last campaign. <laughs> um, we, uh, you know, with the exception of like uh, Oriana and Cassian, we really didn't spend much time building building relationships. Paolo and Beric was was there, but we only lightly actually developed that relationship before before things went sideways and and Barrett couldn't take it anymore. Like Barrett couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah, there was um, a lot more there was a lot more stating the relationship as a fact than there was playing the relationship in the game. Yeah. And so I've I've enjoyed letting these things develop more organically in this game. Mm-hmm. Um and and I'm enjoying that with Olive uh rather than stating what the relationship is allowing the relationship to to develop. Um I I think uh, yeah that's that's where I am um with that mm-hmm. with that relationship I'm enjoying watching it develop um and I'm not I'm not at all surprised by the question Eris would pretend to be surprised by the question maybe <laughs> um I mean I can speak to yes uh, about if the other people if that's just something they wanted uh for campaign one no I was just trying to learn how to play this game and was like, yeah. okay, um, I'm going to learn how to play the game. I'm going to figure out what this is. I'm going to try to attend to the community that's building up around the podcast. And I'm not going to um, insist that Eric give me someone to flirt with. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, I, I, the, the, so it just didn't come up in campaign one. With campaign two, I've actually, I'll go, I, I guess I can say it. It hasn't come up, but I don't know why it necessarily would organically. Um, I told Eric, uh, very beginning of this that that is just not something that is of interest to hob um he, i think i think i remember that conversation i think you told us okay uh i mean the, the way i said it to them and i i don't want yeah. to I, I i believe this is correct that hob would be considered aromantic asexual um mm-hmm. just it just is not a thing that he puts mental energy towards it's not a thing hob thinks that most people are 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 silly and unpleasant anyway and the idea of having a relationship with one that he couldn't easily walk away from sounds awful to him. Uh, that's not aromantic. That's Hob, by the way. That is. Not, yeah. I'm not saying that is. Um, but yeah, it's just not something that you know. And he grew up abandoned by people and in a monastery. And he's like, all right, I'll make friends and I'll trust him as far as I can. And but as far as that relationship thing, not interested. And then just, I'm just finds himself un. Um, uninterested in any of it i just keep saying uninterested because words like untempted sound stupid when you're not talking about (laughs) about the bible so um so that was that was a conscious decision with hob this time um i think it works for his character And I've flirted with Randy in our home games in the past, and things just go sideways yeah, so quickly that, 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 that it's, it's, not, it's not tenable for public consumption. So we're just going <laughs> to keep that in the, the home games. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I assume that, it, that Milo is just simply still in, it's too soon. Like, that's yeah. got to be the case for Milo. Uh, yeah, definitely. Way too soon. Not even that. Not even that's too soon. His wife still actively talks to him <laughs> yeah. in his mind. So Good like, point. Yeah. She's still there. <laughs> too soon because we spoke today, actually. Yeah. That's... 
guys, I've really thought about starting dating again, but I think it's too soon since Miley. I mean, she's in the next room. So yeah, um. you're, you are in fact still married to your wife. So. I can see Milo saying, fellows, I've decided it's time to get back in the game. What's that, Kylie? Oh, no. It's not. It's not time. Oh, I see. Well, you always know what's best. I flipped two story points and found out that no, in fact, you did not. I I would be willing to bet that Kylie is the sort of supportive partner that would like for Milo to be happy after her death. (laughs) That seems seems to follow from what we've seen of of Kylie. In in fact, I'm more sure of that than Milo's actually talking to Kylie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, especially that one man i gotta say that is one of the most what do i know what is hobno difficulties Mm. or not difficulties uh because it wasn't hard to be like no i'm not gonna act on that just more of the oh crap this is gonna burn us this could burn us and i Mm -hmm. i like i have to go along with it kind of things was no, and again because well story points are open to everybody anyway but because we're digital the story point tokens are in the corner of my screen the whole time and those bad boys did not flip when Randy mm-hmm. started talking to Kylie and I was like well crap I have established <laughs> I have established that Hob does not question this so here we go uh, and, and if um, it hadn't and if it hadn't worked then maybe Hob would start questioning it but of course this time Rando Commando over there <laughs> flips a triumph and we kind of go along with it for a while. Yep, yep. And in terms of Trevor, I'm sure Trevor would be open to anything like that. But Gosh, that would be hilarious. Opportunities have yeah. not come up. And also, he would, once again... He would play that hilariously. And also, yeah, what do you mean opportunities has not come up like that? He has been flirting hard with Verla. Yeah, that's... Yeah, mm. Verla's Badly. been trying. But Badly. Yeah, like, listen, <laughs> touch up the mascara as he walks right. out the door. Yeah, that Badly. was wild. Horribly, but he is definitely. This is definitely yes playground. Playground flirting. In Trevor's defense, he could keep it family friendly because he'd be saying things in terms that I've never heard of, let alone children. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, Uh, Boy, we we we, we, Trevor's not a degenerate. I don't know. I want to make sure that's clear. He was a school teacher for 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 quite a while. So yes, he does know how to. Yeah, my my child's school teacher, in fact. Uh, okay, let's get back to the questions. <laughs> What's been the biggest twist in the campaign so far in each of our opinions is Jerry's question. What's been the biggest twist in the campaign so far? Um, I, I don't know that I was surprised, but I found it very interesting that Norson was getting high on his own supply already and not continuing to research or practice or, or experiment or things like that. Uh, that surprised me. I thought that was going to come to fruition much further down the road. Um, of course, I also have no idea how much longer this campaign is going to go on at this point. So maybe we... <laughs> but uh, but that, that one surprised me quite a bit. Um, I don't know that we... I don't know that I felt any of it's been particularly twisty yet. There's been some reveals for sure. Um, I know Eric, so I know we'll get there. But... <laughs> But uh, I don't know yet. What about you guys? I'll say one because it, it came up as a result of the dice rolls that I just kind of had to, on the fly, construct something. And I wanted it to be, basically, you all had gotten a triumph or a ridiculous amount of advantage or flipped a story point and said, uh, in regards to the um, the shifter job, 
mm-hmm. that Olive had a contact on the inside. Yeah, and that was. A I good was like, one. I don't want it to just be a random per- like. Oh yeah, here's Jim. Uh, he, he. Know, I wanted to be somebody that was tied in the campaign, and so having Posey uh, show up and learn her real name and that was her- that's yeah, that's mine. That's a good one. Um. So. And, and and that's another great thing about Genesis is that was a, a reveal to me. Like I had to like put it together. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, this can make sense. This will be fun. Well, I was gonna s- I was gonna say this early in a campaign. I, I keep saying that. we're not particularly early, but it feels that <laughs> we're over, way. We're over seventy episodes in. Um, that, are you? What? This is like <laughs> episode seventy four. I don't um, listen, so I had no idea. Um, or maybe maybe it's just okay. The progression is so different from campaign one that it feels early because we're still have like we still have the same home base. And I understand that's the thing that most campaigns do for a <laughs> long, long time. Ours was just accelerated last time. Um, but I think it's way more likely also just the nature of a four on one. I bet Eric has more moments of surprise than 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 we probably probably do at this point. But I also know that Eric will even that tally before this all is all said and done. But Philip, Randy, you guys got any? Um, I would say for Milo, it would be, and for me, was finding out that Miley is potentially a dark lantern. Kylie, not, I not mean, my Kylie, wife. I mean, Kylie. Kylie. No. <laughs> I think that's twice yeah. I've said Miley. What's amusing yeah. is that Miley Miley's would actually be a celebrity couple name. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. yeah. Milo and Kylie, Miley. Yeah, Kylie was a dark lantern. Uh, Eric's wife, Miley, oh, is actually in the CIA. Uh, right. you got exactly. it. You're getting them conflated. Told you that in confidence. Now I'm gonna die. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. They're gonna burn her. You're gonna have to go back to Peru. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm with the I'm with the Posey reveal. That was her walking through the door. I did not have any any expectation of that. Like I, I didn't have any idea who that was going to be. Although very close second is, um, oh gosh, shoot the younger Millhatch. Uh, Harbin. Harbin, that just the him him being there and just talking and it's awkward and then his name like that was that was sinister. That was really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess learning that that Reynard was from a Dragonmark house was that was also pretty good. That was yeah. also pretty good. Um. Yeah, pretty good. I I enjoyed getting to reveal Eris's given name. Like that was yeah. fun. I don't know. That's not a twist, but that was a fun fun reveal to do as a player. Yeah, but that was a good like all the backstory episodes. While not twists, have certainly been reveals. Yeah, I think, and all I think all four of them <clears throat> were. Well, and were I were quite good. Um, mm-hmm. g- like touching on like the lack with. Uh, air quotes uh, of twists and reveals and kind of feeling that we're still early on in the story compared to campaign one. Um, because I mean, yeah, we were over number total number of episodes of campaign one. We are over the halfway point. Um, but if, uh, if we weren't, if we weren't so committed to not spoilers, I could say things that made it sound like, like the things yeah. that we had had happened to us by episode 70 of campaign one, make this seem yeah. like we haven't laid the block yet. But I think it's it's structurally like in in campaign one arc one, boom like huge threat mm-hmm. stuff's happening we need to start going. Uh, whereas because we're using the obligation system, 
uh, from Edge of the Empire, we have so many different independent storylines that are progressing at their own pace based on mm -hmm. how often we roll obligation. So Reynard's story is at this point, and Milo's story is here, and Hob is here, and Eris is here, and then there's the main arc over here yeah. that mm -hmm. gets touched on not a whole lot <laughs> until recently. I um, love it. So so yeah, it it just it has such a different feel. It it feels much more like a TV show than a a novel or a movie to me. Yeah, I so. I love it so much. Like I love the the pace that's allowing the world to breathe. Yeah. Uh, I've really really enjoyed that in this campaign. So. Yeah, I I want to be clear. No complaints, just the yeah, the yeah. the contrast is jarring. <laughs> yeah. Um Okay, I'm going to go a little bit out of order. Uh, some questions. Irene would like to know, does it freak you out when a well-thought-out plan actually works as intended? And how many times were you just waiting for Eric to throw a wrench in things? Um, I don't know, appreciate the tone you put on my name there, Jeff. <laughs> I didn't I realize that. It's subconscious. It's just the way I talk about you. Um, <clears throat> I'll say this. I don't... I don't think it's harder to blame Eric for when things go wrong than campaign one was because he really only throws a wrench in things when we get a despair or yeah. a lot of failure at this point. Like he's, he's not out. I, I think if, if, if we hit, if it had been, I mean, just speaking frankly, and Eric, you can tell me if I'm wrong, if that battle had gotten over in two rounds and there was still, you know, 40 minutes left of potential episode we had to fill there's a good chance that reinforcements might have arrived or something. Yeah. Who knows? People are going to sure. intercept you on the drive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and I will say for this encounter that happened in this arc, um, like I genuinely, I, I have notes for despairs and like crazy amount of threats and stuff like that for complications that could happen. Uh, but I really, I, I wanted the dice to dictate the encounter. Like unlike the, uh, the warehouse job with the, the spirit guardians and mm -hmm. kind of having these set pieces set up. Uh, I didn't want to do that for this one. I wanted to let you all go in with your plan and let the dice dictate what happened at that point. And so, and I think it was a lot of fun to, to do it that way, even though because the dice went so well in your favor, it could come across as just, well, we did it. Um, which is fine. Sometimes life goes that way and celebrate those victories. Cause they won't always last. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, no, it's not. I, I wasn't freaked out that it was. What I, what always happens to me is when things start going really smoothly, I get trapped into how can we make this seem cooler? Because mm. I'm afraid that if things are going easily, it doesn't feel fun either for us or for the listener. So I'm always like, all right, what what wild thing can I do to to make this more dynamic, cooler, more spectacular? Um, which is probably not a smart way to play. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> But, but so I wouldn't say I was freaked out, but I, I, those things were going through my mind. Like, okay, what can we do? How can we zhuzh this up a little bit? Yeah, I, I, I tend not to worry about that stuff or even think about that stuff. I, it's almost like I kind of like being surprised if things go wrong or, mm -hmm. or, or not. I just kind of go with the flow and... Enjoy it as it happens. Yeah, I I really enjoyed... It's... Well, you get... It is 
the because of because of dice in a TTRPG, you you're going to run into those moments where your really quite heroic and competent character just looks like a moron. Mm-hmm. Uh, the we got stuck trying to start that truck. Like yeah, that was no one's fault. It was just the dice would not cooperate. We were just stuck, and it it made us look like real doofuses um, because we should be able to do this. And so, you know, when you get a get an encounter where where the dice go the other direction, but especially in this case, the dice didn't go so far in the other direction that it just looked easy. Like this was just. It was it was action packed. It was fun. It was exactly what we set out for it to do, um, both from a fun standpoint and from a get the job done standpoint. Um, so I, yeah, that was my feeling the whole time. Is this is going awesome? <laughs> yep. I think it's it's frustrating when you come up with this really cool idea that you want to pull off, and then the dice get you. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll say I've I've I, I've never been dreading what Eric might do to us. Uh, I've never thought, man, I wish Eric hadn't done X in a fight that he's throwing a complication in our way because it's always just fun to try to try to try to break it. <laughs> and you do? Um, not not I specifically. <laughs> uh, I believe Philip was the one that threw out the oh, and that's just a maneuver today. Yeah, <laughs> or, 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 or in this week's episode. Might have been last week, but it was. Like, uh, I turned everyone to stone as an incidental, and now for my action. <laughs> I guess, I guess I'll run for a while. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Jerry would like to know how. Well, first he asks, "How is everyone doing?" And then he asks, "How is the character's mental state so far?" Um, uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm behind on grading and it's way too close to the end of the semester and you know all of that stuff but it's all it's all normal stuff everyone in my family's healthy um my job is secure so uh, i don't have anything that i've got a real right to complain about um Eris's mental state is probably actually pretty good at the moment all things considered pro- things are going pretty well for her she's got a place she's got someone to build stuff with um and the last few jobs have gone okay and someone smashed Vigo's face in <laughs> yeah <laughs> All of which was very healthy. Well, I would say I'm 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 still uh, recuperating from my back surgery I had, where they put a neurostimulation implant in my back, and tomorrow I get the staples out. So yay for that! And then they install the arc reactor, right? <laughs> That's right. I've been teasing people, and some people are actually gullible enough to believe it. Like, hey. That thing's connected to the Wi-Fi on my phone. It's, <laughs> this, this thing set the microwave for me. But other than that, I'm doing fine. Uh, Milo, on the other hand, yeah, I, I think he's just doing his best to hold it together. And I think he's doing okay. 
okay with that, but I mean, he's definitely fairly paranoid right now for sure. He thinks people are out to get him. Um, yeah, he, you know, and Miley or Kylie, ha, almost did it again. Kylie is you effectively still, did it again. <laughs> yeah, Kylie's still, you know, talking to him, you know, and like in the do this, you might frighten these people and he's like what uh, okay so i you know i don't know i think he's kind of a, a little bit of a mess just holding it together i personally am, am doing okay uh just finished a huge project at at school with the students um big certification thing um so thank god that's over we're just gonna cook Next week, it's going to be a blast. I'm just nice. going to teach him how to make homemade Alfredo sauce and popcorn balls for Halloween and some other stuff like that. It's going to be great. Um, we still don't have an oven, so we're going to do no-bake cookies and popcorn balls because that's pretty much the only treats you can make without an oven. I'm sure that I'm going to be told by but uh, many of the members of our Discord who uh, love to bake that I'm wrong or that love to make <laughs> treats that I'm wrong. Um and you know what? Please, normally I say keep it to yourself. Absolutely, let me know other things I can make in my class. Right? Uh, <laughs> um, Hob is... If you were to chart Hob's like, mood, if you were in a zoomed-in thing, you would see spikes. But it doesn't, you don't have to zoom out very far for it to get to be a pretty flat line. Um, Hob does, Hob's, Hob's fine. Uh, Hob is maybe even better than fine. I I think that he feels pretty confident about the way things are going with Boom Rush's job for him. Um, <laughs> Philip is shaking his head. <laughs> Look, man, he's a solo artist on that one. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, other than that, not a lot is different in Hobbs' life than it was six months ago. So, uh, ultimately. So, Hobbs is fine. Uh, let's see. We had another question. I'm fine. Oh, yeah, you don't have characters, so I don't think about it. I... Sorry. Eric, how are you doing? Good. Um, I'm going to use the restroom, guys. I'll be right back. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, I've read 11 books this month, and I've been nice. waking up early and uh, getting stuff done. So, you know, it's it's been a good good month. So How is the um, Captain Underpants series? Excellent. You know, it, it's there's a lot of nuance there. Um, I'm working up my my uh, critical theory uh, essay on on its uh, its relation to the to the Korean economic crisis. So how, the, how the Dave Pilkey universe mirrors <laughs> modern the, the current economic crises? Because that also would include Dog Man and Cat yeah. Kid. If you want to get, um, we're big Dave Pilkey fans. Yeah. How how are you, buddy? I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you were done. Uh, okay, good. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, let's see. We had a question from Nap. I don't know. I'm not sure who Nap is. Uh, their Twitter bio or their Discord bio has a helpful um, uh, reminder to hydrate, though. So I appreciate that about them. Uh, they asked this. The new campaign seems to rely on the dice rolls a lot more, along with advantage, threat, etc. At times when someone needs to decide to do, at the times when someone needs to decide what to do with all the 
quote unquote points they've gotten, uh, the game can get a bit meta. D&D, on the other hand, seems a bit easier to stay in the narrative since it's roll, pass, fail, move on. Which do you like more, both from a player and DM perspective? Like I said, we stepped on that question a lot earlier. Um, and yeah, it is more meta by design. I think that's a big part mm. of it is you have to know going in that this is a game where you table talk more than D&D by quite a bit. Um, most of the table talk in D&D is like, you can do that? Dope. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that the at least in in my opinion with Genesis the uh attention to the meta doesn't get in the way of of the narrative moments for me anyway. Uh because you know when it's time to role play and be a non-structured uh time uh then you can still put the dice away and just get into the narrative and stuff like that. But I think it it allows for setting up cool tableaus and interesting things like happening. And as Jeff said, it it takes a lot of pressure off of the the GM (coughs) having the dice dictating like when a bad thing happens or when a good thing happens, Um, because it it's less it's less easy to perceive it as the GM trying to just screw over the players, Mm -hmm. uh, which obviously at a healthy table is never going to be the perception, Mm -hmm. but, um, but it's easier because it's like, you rolled a despair. Like, what do you want me to do? Something terrible has to happen. Um, Or like flipping a story point is, is a currency that is there to use on both sides. So the players can flip a story point to just interject something positive into the narrative, just like the GM can interject something negative. Um, So, I, I like having the the fiddly bits to assist uh, with the storytelling because I think it gets everyone involved at the table. I think one of the biggest things with D&D is um, it, it can become very easy for the table to rely on the DM to provide a lot in terms of the narrative. And Genesis asks for more equal contributions at the table. So... That's my thoughts. Awesome. <laughs> I just got very thrown off. My, uh, I guess my VPN has convinced my computer's clock that I am at, in another time zone. Uh, and so I got very confused by what time it said it was. But we're good. Um, so last question. Becca coming in strong with another fully off-topic question. I love these. Uh, she wants to know, from each of us, what is your favorite short story? Gosh, I don't know that I could name. I read a lot of novels. I don't know that I could name very many short stories um, that I've read frequently um, or recently, especially not recently. I probably haven't read a lot of short stories since college, to be real honest. Um, so, I mean, the, the thing that... The thing that began that, that inspired that question was a conversation in a different channel about how much I like the story Ricky Tiki Tavi. So I'm going to go with Ricky Tiki Tavi. It's a good one. Anybody else got one off the top of their head? Um, gosh, I would, if I had to pick like one, I really like. Chivalry by Neil Gaiman. 
that's that's pretty good it's about a a little old lady who finds the holy grail in like a knickknack shop and the knight <laughs> who come and a knight who comes to visit her i think three times to try to coax her into giving it up for something that he brings to offer her um, that's funny I'm a big Edgar Allan Poe fan. I have been for a while. And so obviously a lot of his short stories are uh, near and dear. I think uh, the, uh, what's the name of it? The cask one. Uh, cask of Amontillado. Amontillado. Yep. That one. That's probably my favorite of his. Just because I read it at a very young age and was mortified uh, at at the, the conclusion. So no spoilers. Okay. It's dark. Yeah. Um, So the first one that I thought of was a short story by Raymond Carver called Call If You Need Me. And then there's another one uh, by Rebecca Mackay that I think is called The Worst You'll Ever Feel. But one that I really thought that I would actually recommend, uh, those are are both hard to read, I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, But there's a collection of short stories written by a fellow that most of you probably heard of, but named B.J. Novak. If you don't know who that hey. is off the top, he played Ryan on The Office. <clears throat> he wrote a collection of short stories. It's either called One More Thing or One Last Thing. Uh, there are some fantastic ones in there. There's one, uh, one of the stories is a, a, a vengeance blinded hare trying to set up a rematch with the tortoise. Um, but my favorite one is called, and I may get a word or two wrong. It's called No One Goes to Heaven to See Dan Fogelberg. And it's a story about a little boy promised his grandmother on her deathbed that he would visit her when he got to heaven. And he goes to heaven and has a really hard time scheduling a visit with his grandma because she kind of explains to him, hey, bud, when I was like 75, you were the best thing in my life, but I'm in heaven now. So it's it's just... And it sounds it sounds funny, but it's actually uh, most of the stories are really touching and also very yeah. funny. So B.J. Novak, mm-hmm. uh, I, I believe it's one more thing, and you should all check it out. I bet you can get it for like eighty five cents on eBay right now. So uh, everyone read and uh, report back. But I'm just saying. I bet you there's a real cheap. Where I buy my books. Um, if you don't go to eBay for used books, you're not doing it right because you can get great condition books for like two bucks. Listen, if I want used books, I go to a used bookstore because then I get the experience of going to a used bookstore and I can smell the books. Okay. Yeah. The wonderful side, smell of used bookstore. And it's, sorry. We're ahead. near the end of the episode. So yep. side tangent. While we were in New York, there was a used bookstore in the town that Miley's parents live in now that I could not bring myself to go into because from the street view, you look in and it's literally on the floor of this shop, just stacks of books, like higher than, higher than your head and arranged to where they are aisles in no discernible. Uh, I, I mentioned it and Miley and her mom had been in there. No discernible categorization, just wherever he feels like putting them. And you just have to ask the old man that owns it if he has a book and he knows where they all are. And so he'll go get it for you. Uh, that sounds is, like the worst shopping experience oh, I could ever imagine. 10,000% uh, <laughs> why I would never, go, why I don't go into used bookstores. Uh, every used bookstore I've ever been in. It's like, 600 copies of the same Louis L'Amour book and then just a bunch of stuff with no covers anymore. And I'm just, no, thanks. I'll go to eBay and get it for 95 cents plus shipping. Anyway. In a world where Gamer Nation Con happens again, we're going to Denton, you're going to Recycled. Absolutely. Best used bookstore. 
sure, totally down. We'll make a big trip. We'll hit. Uh, and it's and it's not a giant like horrible <laughs> pile of books. <laughs> we'll we'll hit the game store. We'll hit the barbecue place. We'll hit uh, yep. recycled. Yep. We'll hit the Kinkos because we always seem to need to go to Kinkos at Gamer Nation Con, <laughs> and then we'll play some games. Then we'll play Carcassonne and not get any credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right that is the end of the episode uh thank you guys so much for listening uh to this kind of quicker one uh, i think we haven't talked a lot not at all um, we're, we're over an hour, an, hour. <laughs> an hour and five minutes i it's gonna get trimmed you i said something stupid it's gotta get cut let's i'm sure of it anyway please 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 check us out um on whatever your favorite social media is you can find us at the geek pantheon there uh, the Discord um, is uh, easily accessible from our Facebook page, from our website, um, and uh, Eric, you don't have a Discord link on the Twitch any- on your Twitch anymore, do you? Because you're not tw- twitching as much as you once did. It, it's still in the description. So. Okay, he's got some. He's taking some medication for it. It's yeah. um It's <laughs> Eric. Uh, Eric does stream uh, also at the Geek Pantheon occasionally. We're in a hiatus right now. Yes. Yeah. Okay, um, but it may come back if you want to go ahead and add him, add him as one of the regular watchers. You'll get notifications when he's back on. Um, and then, lastly, are the YouTube videos. We have Eric's GMDM videos on the YouTube channel, also at the Geek Pantheon, and of course, Kyber Shards, which we've mentioned, frankly, way more than we should have during this episode. <laughs> Ever under new does not get this kind of play on Kyber Shards, but <laughs> I can't imagine. Uh, <laughs> Philip is the DM. Eric is one of the players. It's a great show. It's a good time. It's, uh, man, it's funny. Dad Gum. I every time I get a really good laugh. Every episode I've watched, I've gotten at least one really big laugh. Um, and I think that's everything. Uh, again, just thank you guys for listening. Um, it's always wild to me that you do. Uh, we have a great community, and we appreciate all of you. Oh, and I'm gonna do the thing that I've done. Uh, it's been a while since we shouted out Laura as our, um. As our wiki uh, yeah. keeper or documenter, as as Philip mm-hmm. likes to call her, uh, I want to thank our moderators in the Discord as well. Really quickly, uh, those are Liz, JT, Irene, and I'm re-recording this because I got duped by her username, not Cassie, Callie. Cassie is simply her <laughs> Discord name because she gets called that incorrectly a lot and decided to have fun with it, and so I went and called her that incorrectly, Callie. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I beefed it earlier, but I want to make sure that. Uh, we attribute her correctly. And that's it. Thank you again, and we'll catch you next time. Bye bye. Oh, wait, I'm Jeff. Will we do it's- that still? <laughs>